The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Anthony Marino, happy to be here with you once again, talking everything Buffalo Bills. And here we are certainly getting into off-season mode, at least I am, right, as we start talking about the team and so much of the coverage at our site. If you haven't been to buffalorumblings.com in the past few days, certainly check it out. You can uh, get plenty of content there. Great breakdown of the linebacker position uh, by the team over these past few days, and I certainly encourage you to check that out. Now, as we go through with it today, um, as I start to do some of my preparation, right, as you you look at this you really take a look at things, right? And you think to yourself, okay, what free agency decisions do the Bills have to make this year? And really on today's podcast, I don't want to get too deep into certain pieces. It's certainly a bit early. Um, Comments, right, that have come out, the teams don't even know what the salary cap is going to look like. Could it be $175 million? We know that is the floor. Could it sneak up higher than that? So many questions still to ask. So as we go through with all of this, right, today, I really just want to take a look at what free agents the Bills have. I will give some initial thoughts from that standpoint, and I think as we go through, I'd always love to get your feedback as well. You can hit me up on Twitter at Ant Marino. Now, as we go through this, again, this is a mix of unrestricted free agents and restricted free agents for the Bills. Some of these guys I'll talk about a little bit more than others. Give my initial feedback, and again, right now, right, it's it is those initial thoughts and, and what you can look at and what you can really expect. So first up, certainly on the list is Trent Murphy. And here I'm going with their 2020 salary, right? When you you take a look at that and, and descending order. So in so many ways, right, as we look at this, Trent Murphy was one of those head scratchers for the Bills. Many thought that he would have been cut um, heading into the 2020 season. Uh, Brandon Bean wanted to keep him around. It seems like with the development, especially of AJ Epinesa, was not ready to make that cut. Um, again, when you look at things and, and Murphy, there were certainly some higher hopes for him when he came in as a free agent signing for the Bills from the Washington Redskins. Now at age 31, he was inactive for a number of games down the stretch. I think Trent Murphy will have the opportunity to sign on somewhere else to provide some depth and to be a rotational player. Uh, I certainly do not expect that to be with the Buffalo Bills. Um, Next up on the list, again, another one of those free agent signings. uh, For a number of reasons, things just never took off with Tyler Croft, the tight end. 
Um, 29 years old, as you look at things, the team restructured his contract heading into the 2020 season. Um, and with that, just a number of injuries really um, continued to impact him. Um, it looked like some close contact COVID situations kept him off the field longer than you would have liked to this season. Um, certainly ended up being more of a depth player for the Bills this year, even in active certain weeks uh, as the team was really rolling with Dawson Knox, Reggie Gilliam, and Lee Smith on a week-to-week basis. Um, when you talk about that depth, of course, Tommy Sweeney will come back into the mix. Tyler Croft, not a player I would expect the Bills to be re-signing. Uh, the next two I'm going to put on this, and I am going to lump them together. Josh Norman, who you can take a look at again with with his contract and signing that one-year deal with the Bills, along with Levi Wallace, who is a restricted free agent. For the Bills to re-sign Levi Wallace, it'll be somewhere in the neighborhood of $3 million for the 2021 season as a restricted free agent. Maybe they look to negotiate a longer-term deal with him uh, from that standpoint. Josh Norman at 34 years old, I think the Bills certainly value the leadership that he brought to the table. But when you look at things, unless he's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood, what I would call more of a a veteran minimum type of contract, um, I imagine the team would move on from him. But if they were going to make a commitment to one of the two cornerbacks that they have, I could see that happening with a Levi Wallace while they add some additional competition for him. Next up, and again, right, a Another veteran player, Ty Inseki, um, in the 2019 season, right? We all remember the rotation that he had with Cody Ford at right tackle. Um, seemed to do a good job there, but really did not see the field too much during the 2020 season. Um, a decent-sized cap hit is someone that you're looking at that was providing depth behind Daryl Williams and Deion Dawkins, uh, serving as that swing tackle Again, I think if the Bills are going to look at this position, um, unless Nseki would be looking to come back on just a veteran type of deal, but for the money that he has commanded in his contract in the past at 36 years old, I would have to imagine that the Bills would look to move on. Now, if you see a little bit of a common theme, right, with some of these guys like Murphy, Croft, Norman, and Seki, four players I would expect to sign with other teams. I've never been a huge fan of the comp pick formula and kind of playing to that in the past. Um, And many times in those years, right, the Bills were just not a team that was making the playoffs and competing in those types of circles. But these are four guys that could certainly sign with other teams and uh, and prove to be beneficial if you are talking about that comp pick program for the Bills moving forward. Um, I'm going to skip over the, the big three. I'll kind of save them closer to the end. Next up on the list, Brian Winters. Um, Brian Winters, a $3 million contract with the team this past year. Really struggled in the time that he was plugged in as a starter for the Bills after the injury to John Feliciano, and then you'd see him in there a bit after Cody Ford was hurt. Winters is an experienced player, 30 years old. I imagine he will sign on somewhere. Um, I do not see him being back in Buffalo next season as they can look at younger and cheaper options along the offensive line. First player on the list that I do see the Bills probably re-signing is Andre Roberts. Um, Jay Spence the King is uh, leading the Extend Andre Roberts campaign on Twitter. And as you go through all of that, despite him being 33 years old, still an all-pro, still a pro bowler, uh, a reliable return man for the Buffalo Bills. Um, Some fans, you know, they talk about, well, he hasn't returned anything for a touchdown yet. Those things don't just happen in the NFL. 
And Andre Roberts, I look at, is one of the most sure-handed kick returners in the game. Some of his decisions he made this past year, there were a few times he took the ball out of the end zone that I certainly was not in favor of. But when you've got a playmaker like that that can do certain things, I would be in favor of probably a one-year deal at this point, again, with him being 33 years of age. Matt Barkley, the backup quarterback. You know, this is an interesting one. Brandon Bean went out of his way during his end-of-the-year press conference to praise Barkley and his family. Just, uh, again, just an integral piece of the team, um, being that leader in the locker room and so much that he does both on and off the field. I am certainly in favor of the Bills keeping Matt Barkley, but I would like to see him as quarterback three. Um, I do not need to see much from Jake Fromm, at least personally. And if the team was going to add another veteran quarterback that could maybe be more of a uh, capable fill-in, heaven forbid if anything were to happen to Josh Allen, from my standpoint, I would be in favor of that. But again, you talk about a one-year deal for someone like Barkley, certainly would be in favor. Um, Next up on the list, Taiwan Jones, 33 years old, valued as a special teamer. you know, as we go through with this, and I'll lump him in with the next guy on the list, TJ Yeldon, right? You had Jones at 1.75 million, Yeldon at 1.6. Um, you look at this, right? Yeldon doesn't give you anything on special teams. Jones doesn't give you anything on offense. Is there a way that the Bills can combine these two into one? Maybe bring in that veteran running back that can contribute on special teams, fulfill both of those roles, give you a little bit more flexibility with your roster spots, Maybe if you want to add an additional wide receiver, someone along the linebacking core. Um, for me, I would not be surprised if both Jones and Yeldon were not on the team. Uh, again, I do know how much they value Taiwan Jones. So for him to come back on a similar type g- deal, that might not be lost on me. But again, if the Bills can consolidate those two roster spots into one, I would certainly be in favor of that. Next up on the list, Dean Marlowe. 29 years old, strong safety, $1.55 million. Um, I'm expecting Dean Marlowe to be the next player that the Bills signed to a contract. Um, He has been a reliable backup for Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, um, really more so for Poyer, right, but also in different subsets that the Bills go with. Marlowe, he knows the system. He's trusted by Sean McDermott. Um, Quite frankly, I think that's an easy signing for someone at a relatively low salary, right, to come in and be that backup as part of that safety group that the Bills have. Uh, A guy that the Bills are going to have to make an interesting decision on, and I think he might be priced out of things for them, is wide receiver Isaiah McKenzie. I'm a huge fan of Isaiah McKenzie. Anybody, regardless of their size, that can provide the spark like he does, I most certainly value in so many ways. 26 years old, now he's an unrestricted free agent, right? Last year made $962,000. You look at so much of this, I think he is going to command a contract that is more than the bills are willing to pay at this time. Now, certainly things could change. You talk about the wide receiving core, plenty of question if the bills will walk away from John Brown and his contract, despite some of his health health issues. And uh, again, the fact that they could save about $8 million on the cap. So Hey, maybe they walk away from Brown. They look to draft someone, give some of that $8 million they would save to someone like Isaiah McKenzie. McKenzie had posted on social media last week, at least making it sound like he might hit the market and see what is out there. Certainly for what he has done as a player, 
Um, I can say he deserves that. Um, he certainly has the ability to contribute as a kick returner as well. You know, the one piece that could serve as a curveball here, similar to what I was talking about with Yeldon and Jones before, what if the Bills decide to keep Isaiah McKenzie instead of Andre Roberts? And I don't think it has to be an either-or conversation, but just hypothetically, right, and have McKenzie be that punt and kickoff returner. It seems like his fumbling issues are certainly in the past and uh, and to move on from Andre Roberts. That is one I'm going to be watching closely because, again, I think as you look at it, I certainly value both of these guys, but the Bills are not going to be able to keep everyone. And as Isaiah McKenzie going to be a guy on the outside looking in, I certainly hope that is not the case. Um, next couple of names on the list, you know, some some depth players at linebacker, Andre Smith and Delshawn Phillips, um, guys that have, you know, made the team, they've been cut, they've been on practice squads, they've been brought back um, to, you know, Andre Smith is a restricted free agent. I'm not sure if the Bills will look to make that kind of commitment to him or possibly look to even renegotiate a contract with him. Delshawn Phillips, same thing. I mean, a guy that would be coming in at a minimum salary that knows the system and providing some depth. Two over, two other restricted free agents that the Bills will have to um, make some decisions on. First, Ike Butker. You know, his salary as a restricted free agent will probably be somewhere in the neighborhood of three million dollars. Um, with that, again, I would expect the team to walk away from that. As you look at Butker, and he did a good job filling in, but. I do not think they are going to commit $3 million to him, potentially renegotiating maybe a two- or three-year deal somewhere in the neighborhood of $2 million per to provide that depth and seeing what happens with Cody Ford and others. Um, But at this time, that type of a price tag would certainly surprise me. Corey Bohorquez, I, you know, again, a restricted free agent. Is a team going to commit over $2 million, between $2 and $3 million to him? With that RFA, I could see them working out some sort of an extension with him, getting him somewhere in the $1.75 to $2 million range on a multi-year deal. Um, he certainly showed great improvement during the 2020 season from 2019, being a position that we certainly saw was a weakness. Many of us were clamoring for the team to draft a punter during the 2020 draft, but Bajorquez looks like he could certainly be the fit for the Bills for some time coming. Now, the next up, right, you've got the big three, and I call them the big three because they are the most notable free agents for the Bills. Um, All this information I'm talking to you about today, by the way, is coming from SpotTrack.com. One of my favorite sites when it talks to free agency, just pulling up contract information. Um, I encourage you to check it out because you can just uh, get a lot of information that you certainly need there. First up on the list for me is Daryl Williams. Um, Daryl Williams at right tackle signed the one-year $2.5 million deal with the Bills uh, for the 2020 season. And you look at things, they really thought he was going to be penciled in potentially as a starting guard, showed great in camp, and really became the man from day one at right tackle. So, you know, here it is with him, and you look at right tackles and you can think to yourself, okay, you know, maybe that's type of a situation where he could immediately price himself out of the market. But I do think Williams' age, right, where he's going to be 29 years old for the 2021 season, some of the different injuries that he has dealt with, you know, that puts him in the situation where he's not going to be commanding those $10 million plus type of contracts. But more along the lines, like someone like a Mitchell Schwartz. Right, three years, twenty-four and a half million, or Morgan Moses, who signed a five-year deal, just around thirty-eight point five million. 
SpotTrack projects Daryl Williams, his average annual salary, around $7.8 million. Maybe the Bills doing even just a two-year deal with him uh, to see what he still has. From that standpoint, when I look at a number like that, locking in your right tackle position, and I say this because then you can also look at the domino effect and say, okay, then you can keep Cody Ford at one of your guard positions. And uh, again, if you're walking away from someone like Ike Bakker, um, I look at the $7.8 million. I think that is a good fit for a starting right tackle to have that stability, right? Those two bookends opposite each other with Deion Dawkins starting at the left side. Uh, for me, I certainly take a look at this and I know others might disagree with me, but if I look at that price tag and if that does hold true, I'm probably prioritizing Daryl Williams over the other two free agents at this time based on the position that he serves, based on the market value. And when we get into the other guys, you'll kind of get where I'm going here. So let's go next to John Feliciano. John Feliciano, beloved in Buffalo. You look at so many of these pieces and just what he has meant, kind of a fiery leader along the offensive line. And of course, I would love to see the Bills bring him back, right? I'd love to see Feliciano and uh, Ford be your starting guards, um, you know, to, to really look at things and have Mitch Morris as your starting center. And again, Dawkins and Williams as your two tackles to have that continuity heading into the 2021 season, I think would be important. Here's where I'm scratching my head a bit, though. The market value projected by Track right now is four years, $33.5 million, or an average of $8.3 million per year. As I take a look at that, right, and again, I mean, you've got Feliciano. He's going to be going into year 29 of his career as well. That is a different stratosphere based on the performance on the field than I would be looking for. Right. And, uh, and Roger Saffold's contract really kind of messed that up. And they note that here on the site. Now, if he were to sign something more in the neighborhood of something like James Carpenter, and I think this is a good example, right? A four year deal for $21 million, $5.25 million per year. Right. So, I mean, here's a guy, a former first round pick for the Atlanta Falcons. If that was the neighborhood you're talking about for Feliciano, I'm probably okay with that. Once you're getting into $8.3 million per year on an average basis, that is that is outside of, of, of what I'm looking at. Now, again, this is a projection. You never know what can happen. I truly think the Bills value Feliciano as a leader, his flexibility where he is truly that backup center to Mitch Morris, who's had issues with concussions and things in the past. So I could totally see them wanting to commit to him. But when you talk about that type of a number, for, for me, that is where I would tap out if you're talking about $8.3 million per year. And, and again, I should say this. I want to see all three of these guys back in Buffalo next year. There's no question with that. But I guess as I have to try and prioritize things based on what the cost could be, you know, again, is it that situation where the Bills can say, listen, we're not going to be able to afford Feliciano at $8 million per year. We've got a Cody Ford Let's spend that money on Daryl Williams on a shorter-term contract. And maybe you do bring back an Ike Botker, right? It, it's something around 2 or $2.5 million per year. Draft a rookie in the second or third round that you can develop, provide some competition, and look to, uh, to backfill there. So finally, the big one that comes up, and I was talking about it before, right? When you look at buffalorumblings.com 
over these past few days. Plenty of coverage of Matt Milano. Just will the team be able to re-sign him? And as you go through with it more and more, I am I am losing confidence that the Bills will re-sign Matt Milano. And for those of you that have followed along with me for a while, I was on with Joe Marino before the season started, right? My hot take was the Bills would extend Matt Milano before they would Deion Dawkins. Well, I was certainly wrong with that. And here we are heading into the offseason, and there's plenty of question that Milano is going to be commanding top dollar as a free agent. Now, here's a guy, right, a fifth-round draft pick, um, certainly has earned the right to test the free agent market, to take a look at things and see what he can command. Of course, again, we talk about the salary cap. If it is at the floor of $175 million, what type of market will really be out there for him? Is he a guy that, whether it be with Buffalo or somewhere else, does he sign a shorter-term deal, maybe like a two-year contract with some higher guarantees to you know, kind of give him a chance to get that next big contract shortly thereafter. The tough thing is with a guy like Milano is just the injuries that he has dealt with in his career. We've talked about it enough on the podcast. All Bills fans are well aware uh, that the team had looked different when Milano was not in the lineup, albeit A.J. Klein did really turn the corner in Milano's absence after a few weeks with some uh, some big-time struggles there. When you look at someone like Matt Milano and that he's going to command somewhere around $14 million per year, I do not think he will be back in Buffalo. I think the team will make the commitment right to the the younger player in Tremaine Edmonds, who is four years younger than Milano. Um, Again, a player that they drafted, a player that they are committed to. But at this time, to make this commitment to Milano under these circumstances, and I say that again, knowing that you know, the expectation was the salary cap would be around 210 to 215 million, and now it might be 175. The Bills' hands are tied, and they might have to roll into the 2021 season without Matt Milano. AJ Klein is a starter, and again, investing a draft pick to bring in a rookie. Um, there's certainly some talented linebackers in the 2021 draft class that can come in and be that eventual starter. This is something that we will certainly monitor. We've talked about it enough. Um, As again, we expected, at least I expected that extension to have come sooner rather than later. But right now, I mean, you're looking at somewhere in the neighborhood of four years, $56 million. Once you talk about those guarantees and what that can look like, um, with each passing day, I am less and less optimistic that Milano will be back with the Bills. I certainly hope he will be. But at this price, I can't imagine it happening. And as we look at it, right, when I talk about the prioritization for me, Daryl Williams in the neighborhood of $8 million on a two-year deal, um, that would probably be the most realistic. Um, Second up, Matt Milano, because he is such a valuable piece to the defense, if the team is able to work something maybe a little bit less than $14 million per year. I could see maybe that happening if they move on from guys like John Brown, Vernon Butler, maybe Mario Addison to clear up a lot of cap space. Um, Milano would be second on the list for me. And then again, last, it's nothing against John Feliciano, but if you are talking a four-year contract in the neighborhood of 33 to $34 million, I would have a hard time just really seeing that type of a commitment um, to a guard. And again, we talk about injuries for Milano. Well, certainly Feliciano missed some time this year as well and just what that looks like. So 
as I said, I was going to give you a brief rundown of the free agents. We will be talking about it a lot throughout the offseason because we'll have more information on targets from other teams that could be a good fit for the Bills. Of course, anytime there's major free agency news, we'll jump on the podcast and get that to you. And of course, you can always log on to buffalorumblings.com at any time. So listen, I think I've rambled on enough for you guys today, but I always appreciate catching up. Thank you so much for the feedback. Whether you give it to us on the articles at buffalorumblings.com or you reach us online through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, we kind of have you covered through all those pieces. Also, make sure you check out our YouTube channel. Jay Spence the King has been doing great things there um, with the Chop Up and the Code of Conduct podcast. We're going to have more content coming there throughout the offseason. Um, so make sure you hit that subscribe button, not just when it comes to the podcast, podcast, but on the YouTube channel as well. All right, I'm losing it a little bit here. I'm going to tap out. I appreciate you guys tuning in. And as always, go Bills. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.